Good morning. Morning, Sam. Um, so actually, my, my talk begins with Sam and Abby. Many months ago, I think last summer, uh, Abby and Sam had a big invite to their, ha- their home. They had some small amount of gardening stuff needed doing in their garden. Um, we'd not been long in the church, and so I kind of felt I had to go because I hadn't been there very long. Uh, I had the kids that weekend, so my, my two eldest, and I thought, it's actually a bit awkward, to be honest. It's a bit inconvenient for me. But I did it because I'm that kind of guy. Um, so we went along, and I've never seen a garden like it. The previous owners, not their fault, not their fault, the previous owner had just built loads of kennels in the back garden, and it was just full of concrete and wood. Um, and so I was there, we got there at 10, and my plan was be there till lunchtime, show, you know, put a good sort of show in and, and then go and, and have the rest of my the Saturday to myself. And so for almost two hours solid, there was four of us just breaking concrete, and it was one of the hardest things I think I've ever done, um, and lots of sweat and tears. Um, and it got to about one, and I thought, great, <laughs> time to go. I've done my bit. I've shown myself. It's time to go home. But then I had a thought. I looked at the garden, and the kids still seemed quite happy to be there. And I, and I, and I saw there's actually still much, so much more to be done. And I did something quite rare for me. And I just, I thought of Abby and Sam and thought, right, actually, I'm going to put them first. And we stayed till about four. And it was awesome. And I had a great day. Um, Grace and Abel were in their element. Grace was helping with children next door. Uh, And Abel got to help me do loads of DIY stuff because normally he asked to help me at home. And I'm like, yeah, you can help by not helping. Um, So he loved it. He, He loved using the hammer, the blowtorch, the digger. Jack Hammer. No, I'm joking. I'd never let him use a hammer. Um, um, so it was great. So there I was, I'd served. But half of it I'd served, probably not for the best motives, selfish motives to look good for my own benefit, new to a church, want to make a good impression. But then the second half was better motives. I'd done the sort of selfless thing and thought, right, put these people first. Um, so my kind of key question is, does it matter? Does it matter why we serve? Um, I'll be quite interested to hear um, Fiona's view on this because they've got a wedding next week where they need loads of us to help. I wonder if she, <laughs> I wonder if she, if she, uh, she cares why we do it. Nope, I'm getting a shake. She just wants you to jump in. You might have a really poor, selfish motive. She doesn't care by the looks of it. That's fine. Um, so we're going to explore this through scripture. A um, bit of an overview. But before we go into the Bible, when it comes to servanthood, there's quite a huge contextual backdrop. That's because not only was servanthood very common for the whole Old Testament and the New Testament, um, actually slavery was also um, allowed. It was very common. And in terms of servanthood, if you had servants, particularly in the Old Testament and partly into the New Testament, it was an indication of wealth. So... The reason why this, I think, is important is when we're looking at scriptures. So we would have a scripture like this from Matthew, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Now, to my knowledge, none of us have slaves. Yeah, being married, that doesn't count. No. So we see a scripture like this, and we think, yeah, we should, yeah, okay, fair enough. We should be each other's slave. That's not a problem. But imagine you're in the Old Testament or New Testament. Imagine you're someone where you have slaves, or you have servants who, for their entire life, their existence has been serving your needs. 
you've lorded it over them, you've told them what to do, they've cleaned up after you, they've cooked for you, they've lived their life to serve you. And suddenly a scripture like this says, actually, that slave is, 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 is now th- the greatest among you and you now need to lower yourself below that slave. Puts a whole different meaning on it. If you're someone that owns slaves or in a culture where slavery was very common, to hear something like this was dynamite. We don't maybe get the powerfulness of that because we live in a culture where slavery, yay, has vastly been abolished. Obviously, it still exists, but um, certainly in England, it's, it's more or less um, gone. So I've got some more scriptures here, but I want to bring you in on this. So um, a hands up, and this I want every hand up. So um, I want you to tell me if this, all these scriptures, are they from the Old Testament or the New Testament? You don't have to tell me which book. Just have a guess. So hands up. So the greatest among you will be your servant. Hands up, you think that's from the Old Testament? Yeah, it's an easy one because Lucy used this last week. Uh, That's in the New Testament. Okay, next one. This is the promise our 12 tribes are hoping to see fulfilled as they earnestly serve God. Hands up, you think that's Old Testament? Hands up, you think it's New Testament? One person. Angus, you're the only one that thinks it's New Testament. And you're right. Way it is in fact the New Testament. Okay, next one. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. Old Testament. I know. Again, Kendrick. Yeah, the Book of Kendrick. It is, of course, from the New Testament, because um, Gary and Kendrick can only use the New Testament, apparently. Okay, next one. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. Hands up. You think that's Old Testament? We've got one hand. Do I see another? Two hands. Any more? Three hands. Four. Oh, it's like evangelism. Any more? Any more? Don't give up this opportunity to know. Uh, I'm sorry, it's New Testament. Okay, and the last one. Um, Outdo one another in showing honour. Do not be slothful. Great word. In zeal, be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Hands up, you think that's Old Testament? Are you too trusting? No one's, no one's, okay, it's actually new. Yeah, I did use an old King James version, though, so we had words like slothful in it, just to, to throw you off. So um, there's another 20 scriptures I originally had in and then realised probably for time I need to take them out. Um, they're, all, they're all in the New Testament. You won't find or very few scriptures on serving others in the Old Testament. So in terms of commands... And teachings, the Old Testament was very different to the New Testament. So if we kind of explore this, mainly because of the Ten Commandments. I know know you knew them all, but I just put them up anyway. Um, So again, the context of this, this was given in Exodus 20. So this was um, the the Israelites have come out of of slavery themselves. Interesting. Um, And... God had brought them out, and, and he's trying to set them up as a new society. And so if you look at these, these Ten Commandments, they're very much around order and protection. At their best, they do encourage love. As Paul says in Romans, the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other command there may be are summed up in one command, love your neighbour as yourself. Also in Leviticus, um, it also confirms the idea that you should love your neighbour as yourself. So that's, in terms of 
the commands and, and teaching. So in Exodus 20, you have the Ten Commandments. In the rest of Exodus, you've got the subsequent commandments and law. Leviticus, you've got the law in detail, very fine detail. Um, and then you get the second law in Deuteronomy, which is for the remnants after they've been wandering in the desert and all their mums and dads have died. And you get the second reading of the law in Deuteronomy. Pretty much all concerned with this concept of loving your neighbour as yourself, which is very different to New Testament, which Jesus introduces and puts this different kind of take on it, which is loving your neighbour and your enemy above yourself. As Jesus so often did, he turns everything on its head. Summed up in the scripture, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbour and hate your enemy, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. There's quite a few scriptures along that line. So we're already seeing quite a big difference in the two, which is why the idea of serving others was, was certainly a new... If we, for definition's sake, if we're talking about a sacrificial act of love or being generous... Um, because when I was first given this talk, it was called Serving Others, and then I discovered on Friday when Sam sent the email around, it's, it's now called Serving Others Generously. So I've had to add that in. Because <laughs> I'm like that, I'm good. So I... Don't feel bad, Sam. Oh, he doesn't. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, so that brings us into the idea of grace. And if you had to sum up the New Testament in terms of thematically, you have the idea of grace compared to the Old Testament. Thematically, is this idea of justice and mercy. So I hear you say, John, what's the difference between justice and mercy and grace? No? No one? Okay, just me. Um, the best way I can think of explaining this is a story I use where imagine you're in your car, you're in the supermarket car park, you've just parked your car up, someone beside you is just pulling out, they're on their mobile phone, and they scratch your car up. Now, there's no major damage done, no one was injured, but there's probably a couple of hundred pounds worth of damage to your car and probably a couple of hundred pounds of damage to their car. Justice would be you get their details, you get them to pay for the damage in your car and pay for their own. You go, you ring the police and you, and you report that, that they've done a crime because they're on their phone in their car. You go into the supermarket, you ask for the video footage um, to make sure that you get your evidence that they're on their phone and you nail that sucker to the wall. Yeah, that's justice, right? Who's with me? Yeah, yeah, that's what you do, isn't it? Yeah, someone's been on their phone and scratched your car up. So that's justice. Seeking what should be done. And that, I think, is quite reasonable, actually, if someone did that. Mercy, which is an act of love, would be um, where you say, look, don't worry about it. I'll pay for my car, and you pay for your car. I won't get the police involved. Let's just call it a day. Yeah, who would do that? Not many. <laughs> no one's putting their hands up. But that would be an act of mercy. Maybe the person says to you, look, I'm really, really sorry. I didn't mean to. And that's where you go, okay, you know what? Don't worry about it. Just... We'll keep insurance out of it. We don't want to, none of us want to touch our no claims. You pay for yours, I'll pay for mine. That's mercy. Grace would be, they're in your face, they're swearing at you, they're saying, go for it, try it, you won't, you won't get anything on me, and they drive off. Grace would be, you find their details and you offer to pay for their car, and you pay for your car. Sound ridiculous? Yeah. That's because grace is ridiculous. That's the point of grace. Grace is something that you don't deserve. Compared to uh, justice and mercy, particularly in the Old Testament, again, with the biblical teachings and the law, 
generally it was you would show mercy to someone, but only if they asked for it. There had to be like a penitent heart. There had to be repentance. There had to be someone saying, I'm really sorry, begging you. I can't, I can't afford my debt. And, and the Bible would teach that if someone couldn't afford their debt, you would, you would give them mercy. Very different to the New Testament idea, which Jesus demonstrates, of course, grace. Dying for us when we were sinners, when we didn't deserve it, when we couldn't do anything about it. He died for us no matter what. Not just dying for Christians, he died for all those who would never become a Christian. All through the ages and to the ages to come. That's grace. So again, two very different themes. Um, could be summed up as an adequate amount of love for justice and mercy. And Sam, what do you think this one is? A generous amount of love. You're welcome. So, um, brings us on to where I kind of want to bring us to. Um, So in the Old Testament, they were very much under the law. So they didn't actually have a choice. Because we now got something called the game of death or penalty. Now, what is done there is I painstakingly for about an hour worked on that logo. And yes, I did rip off the Game of Thrones logo. And I had all these things lovely in the middle of all these things, but obviously your thing didn't recognise my font and just thrown all off. <laughs> don't know why I bother, honestly. Um, so, not something spoken about very often, but with the Ten Commandments, um, each of these actually carried a, either a penalty or death. If you broke one of the Ten Commandments, there was a consequence. It was either a severe penalty, so you were scorned, you had to pay something back, or you were actually killed and ordered to be killed. So, um, again, I'm going to bring it over to you guys, and I want to do, like, game show style. I want you to shout out death or penalty. Okay, so the first two, we're going to group them up just for speed. Um, shout out if you think the cost for breaking those was death or penalty. Yeah. It's like four people. Well, I haven't started yet. Okay, <laughs> you need to decide. Okay, death or penalty? Death. <laughs> death. How often do you have people in church shouting out death? Brilliant. <laughs> um, yeah, it was death. Um, I'm going to come to these last three. You shall not steal, give full testimony or covet. Do you think death or penalty? penalty. Yes. Although, which is an awesome scripture, <laughs> is the, the law around stealing in Leviticus is brilliant because if you're caught stealing, you have to pay back a certain amount times what you've stolen. But if you steal in the middle of the night and you're caught in the middle of the night, so if someone's stealing in the middle of the night, you can kill them and it would be okay. You're allowed to kill people if you steal in the night. So I'm going to change that to death. So um, so the, the next three, do you think death or penalty? Yes. The Sabbath. Sabbath, of course, is death. If you break the Sabbath, Yes. And the last two, you shall not murder or commit adultery. Yeah. <laughs> it was a bit... <laughs> to see people smiling going, <laughs> Brilliant. It's so surreal. It's, yeah, I'm never going to forget these moments. Okay. Um, so they actually had no choice. So these, these guidance of loving others, it wasn't just a love... Oh, you should love others. For certainly the Israelites and those under the law, they actually had to. If they didn't show love, they would suffer consequences. And it was very much 
you would only receive God's blessing and God's forgiveness if you did follow the law. You had to follow, follow the, all the different um, sacrifices, very much about earning God's acceptance and love, which is, again, very completely different to the New Testament, where it is an idea of you under grace. It's free choice. You're encouraged to love your enemies, but there's no law saying if you don't love your enemies, you're going to be cursed. There is an idea that it's you should, and we're urged to, but it's not the same. So you see this difference between kind of have to and want to. So in terms of serving others, I've put up a few things. Maybe this might just be me, but I would guess it's probably other people as well. So when we serve others, we might do it because we feel we have to or we feel we need to, or we might do it because actually we we fully want to. Um, the reasons why we feel we have to, and I have come across this with people, they feel that actually God might not love them, accept them. So this might be at a subconscious level, by the way. So often with thoughts like this, people aren't aware they have them. They on the outside would say, yeah, I'm saved by grace. God loves me. I do everything freely. But actually subconsciously, they might have some self-esteem issues. And so they, they do help people because it's actually filling their own need. Um, it makes people feel good about yourself, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. People might do it because they feel guilty. And again, I'm looking at Fiona and she's saying, don't care. Just do it, guys. Help me. I don't care if you feel guilty. Feel as guilty as you want. Just come along. Um, and then we come on to the, the want to, which is where people do it because they're actually really grateful for the fact that they've received grace from God and they get good things and they just want to help people. Or they're able to get into a place where they go, well, someone, someone it's a no-brainer. Someone's need is greater than mine. So different reasons there. So my question to you guys, and this one I'm going to bring it to you to share in your groups for sort of five minutes, maybe ten, depending how much time I've got left. Um, two questions. So if a need is met, does it matter what the motive is? Is a question. But just before you go to that, um, my kind of answer to this question about does it matter why you serve others, well, what it got me thinking about is for the last couple of months, Sam's been trying to get the rotor filled for church, for people to do with brunch, people to pack down, and people do children's church. And he's very much been doing a, if you want to, approach. In fact, he came to me about three, four weeks ago and said, do you want to do children's church? I said, no, I don't want to. And he walked off. Um, no, but I said... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I said to him, I, I, right now, I don't, I don't want to. I'm, I'm doing other stuff. But if you need me to, I will. Oh. Rubbish. Obviously, he thought obviously rubbish. Um, all I will say is, I have been in churches where I don't even. You've, you've, I don't think we have it in this church. Hopefully not. But if you've ever seen a have-to children's worker, yeah, people that do children's shirts because they have to. So you have right children's shirts, guys. Come on, kids, let's go. Come on, yep, let's go, let's go. Let's get this over with. Yeah, you've ever had that? Come you ever you ever come across that? Or the person that have to getting brunch. So you're in the supermarket. Oh, look, dear, they've got bagels. To, um, buy one, get one free. Oh, no, we can't because it's got to be gluten-free. Flipping vegans. Yeah? So the ideal is we want people to do stuff because they want to, but I'm going to bring it over to you guys. So two questions. One, does it matter what the motive is? And two, even if we have not so good motives, does God work? And we had the discussion in cell group 
Does God work through us despite our flaws or because of them? Anyone here want to very quickly surmise what you came to? I think one idea was that um, it doesn't matter so much to the person that's receiving or benefiting from the good deed, um, but it does matter to the person that's doing it. Um, because, and we thought also of the, of the uh, two examples in the New Testament. Paul says he, in one passage, he says something about something like, as long as the gospel's preached, I don't mind what the motive of the person preaching it is. Um, but on the other hand, he also says, if I you know, do all sorts of good deeds and even give my body to be burned and don't have love, it's worthless. So <laughs> they're both there, really. I think both are true in some ways. I didn't want them both as an answer. <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, anyone from this huge group over here? <laughs> Um, for the second question, I it depends on how you see the God, God as in if it's the God of the Old Testament, you think, well, I've done bad, so God is not going to work through me because I've done bad. Actually, he's going to kill me. Um, but if it's the God of the New Testament, I would say yes, because he, through Jesus, he's been graceful. Yes. So, yeah. You've just stolen the rest of my talk, but great. Thank you. No. <laughs> well done. Um, well, yeah, so we had conversations about, like, duty and about looking after yourself and all of those things, but Abby just kind of summarised it with we need to have grace for both ends of the spectrum, for those who do it because they want to look better and they want to look good, or those who do it because they feel like they have to. Um, yeah, we just need to kind of have grace for those, whatever their motive is. That's what she said. That's what you said. That looked good. Rach said something good as well. Um, of it, sometimes it depends, like what the consequences of the motive are. Like, as in, if if it doesn't get in the way of actually the need being met, then actually it's all right. But if it does get in the way of it, then actually that's not really helping. It's not listening. It's not meeting the need. So it's more self-serving and self-satisfying. So it, it can depend based on that I think okay. only that with the just right at the end I thought um, with the second one um, that God works through us despite our flaws for the sake of other people and because of our flaws for the sake of us and work that we need to do on ourselves I'm in trouble now aren't I my talks it's going to be here from now on great um yeah, no, thank you for sharing that, guys. Um, I think there's some really good stuff there. So just to carry on from what Millie said, um, it does, I think, very much depend on what you truly believe. And I think none of us would have an issue saying we believe, of course, we're saved by grace. But my experience of, and in a previous church I was in, they would preach saved by grace, but they very much acted out Saved by works. Very, very busy church. If you're in the church more than two weeks, you're already given into some sort of ministry to do something. Busy, busy, busy. And there was a sense, and I, I got it from some people, that they did feel they weren't worthy unless they did do stuff. Um, so it does depend where you feel, as, as Millie said, if, if, it's kind of, if, you're, if you're still serving the God of the Old Testament and that idea that I'm not good enough, so I have to do good stuff to be good enough. Or if you do believe, actually, I am... 
on Saved by Grace, which can sound like a Mickey take. And as we said, well, I said at the very beginning, the idea of paying for someone's car to be fixed when, when they did it would be ridiculous. I think until... You, if, if you have a sense of grace, God's grace being ridiculous, you're kind of near to where it is because it is ridiculous. It's not doesn't make sense. It is stupid. And yes, sometimes we can take advantage of the fact that God loves us no matter what. I think we all do at times. But I would say that's what grace is. It doesn't mean, and, and Paul says it, it doesn't mean that you carry on sinning so that God's grace can be more revealed. What it means is, you, as um, Laura said, you, God gives you that grace so that you, you can actually carry on and you can do stuff despite yourself. You can, you, you can kind of do it. And again, it does depend on, 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 on where you're at and on how you feel. Um, does Jesus accept us if we obey or does he accept us as we are? Um, does Jesus judge us or is Jesus actually, does he serve us? Here's some interesting scriptures, which was for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life and is also interceding for us. Something I didn't think about when I went into this talk until the very end was the idea that actually Jesus is our servant. And if you knew that, scripture says it, but I never kind of thought of him as my servant. I think of him as my brother and my saviour and my father and my friend. I haven't really taken the time to go away and think about him actually being my servant. And if someone is your servant, a servant can't judge. That's the point of a servant. A servant says, right, what do you want me to do? Which brings back to the idea, does God, Jesus, work in us despite our flaws? Personally, I believe he does. I think it's like, right, what do you want to do? You want to serve people, okay, your motives are completely wrong and rubbish. But I'm not here to judge that. I'm here to help you. What do you want to do? Right, let's do it. And I think his grace covers over. Which some people might say, well, that's taking the mick. Probably is. But, but God can cover that because God's grace is beyond all measure of understanding, as the Bible says. So, to finish probably the biggest question of all so we have this rotor that sam mentioned at the beginning that still needs filling we've got uh, fiona and sally's wedding next week so based on all that should we put you down on the rotor <laughs> yeah so fiona's saying it doesn't matter what your motive is she just wants her wedding to be as awesome as possible and i would say the same sometimes we just have to give we just have to do it and uh, as elizabeth said actually are we ever are we ever perfect are we ever in a place where we do everything for the complete 100% good motives probably not i think we always carry our contradictions with us all the time and sometimes i've heard people use that as an excuse not to serve oh i'll be doing it too much for myself so i'm not going to serve come on so anyway so no pressure guys but there is this rotor that needs to be filled. Part of me, with, with, with the wedding, please do that. With the church rotor, part of me doesn't want it to be filled because I want to see Sam go the whole have to do it and see what, see what, see what Sam does when he's like, you yeah, actually have to do it. I'm going to bring the kids in. You don't, if we don't have children's workers, I'm just going to let the kids run right. Then we'll see who comes forward. Right. Thank you, everyone. <laughs>